who dropped in. I am so stoked to share my inspiring, authentic, beautifully awesome friend and past mentor with you today, Jess Bergio. Welcome to Dropped In. I'm so stoked to have you here today. Mm, I'm so excited you created this so that we could have this opportunity. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So before we dive in, before we dive deep, I'll just share your bio. So former salon owner and hair and makeup artist of 22 years, Jess Bergio is now the creator of Start Your Damn Podcast Course, host of Unscripted, the podcast, co-host of the Fast Foundations podcast, author, educator, mother, and speaker, helping creatives connect their voice to their brand so they can stand out online. Jess's podcast course helps your go, excuse me, help you go from idea to launch. She is extremely passionate about helping you amplify your voice through podcasting. Welcome, welcome, Jess. So stoked to have you here. And for those that don't know, Jess and I met probably, geez, close to three years ago um, in Fast Foundations, and Jess was a mentor of mine, and I'll never forget our time together. You helped me, you know, you were a catalyst for me starting my own podcast, so, and so many other things. So thank you for just your mentorship and for you showing me and everyone else what's possible. So yeah. Thank you. I will receive that. That's so nice. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a good journey for both of us, really. I, I watched you grow a ton. Um, I've done my own growth alongside you. Um, and you know, that permission that we sometimes need to seek outward along with the accountability piece to believe that we can lean into things that maybe we didn't even know were possible for us is so my passion now. And if you would have asked me what that passion was before, I wouldn't have known it until I got to unlock it by Mm -hmm. trying and putting myself in that mastermind and, you know, kind of doing some things that made me a little nervous and scared and all the things, but here we are. Yeah. Well, if we aren't scared and if, we isn't, if there isn't resistance, then we're not growing, right? I agree. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be painful, scary. It can be exciting, scary. That's how I choose to look at it. Yeah. Same. I look at fear as a signpost. So it's like there for me to run towards, right? So yes. whenever I feel that big emotion, that big fear, that anxiety, it's like, okay, I hear you and I'm going to run towards it. So mm-hmm. So Jess, how did you transition from you in your bio, like 22 years in the hair industry? How did you transition from that to the online space? Oh, it was not easy. Talk (laughs) about fear. Talk about resistance. I had it all. I still have it. Um, I grew up in an era where we didn't use any of this. There were no podcasts. There were no social medias. I remember going from a flip phone to an iPhone. Like I'm only 42, (laughs) but I remember all of those transitions of marketing in the old school, there was commercials on TV. And so the only people that had commercials were people who had a lot of money. There was no way to market your stuff unless you went out and talked to people. And Mm -hmm. so guerrilla marketing, as we called it, was what I was really good at was connecting with people. And so, you know, about 18 years into my career, life was good. Um, I had put myself in this glass ceiling box of, I hit six figures, quote unquote, in the beauty industry, meaning I made about 150,000 a year, which was good money for the the industry at the time. I knew it wasn't like the most I could be making in the industry, but somehow along the way, I had convinced myself that that was making it in my industry. And so that box that I was in felt comfortable, but it also felt a little stifling. Like, is this as good as it's going to get? 
And Mm -hmm. I had kind of started my personal development journey with Lori Harder, one of our past mentors who started Fast Foundations with her husband, Chris. And I had been in her bubble and watching her explore what it looked like to dive into personal development on a very high level, right? Gabby Bernstein, Jack Canfield, she was really ingesting and digesting and getting in rooms with people who made her very uncomfortable and investments of like $25,000, $30,000 to learn from these people. And, you know, to me, I always thought, oh, must be nice. One day, those kind of things were the way I looked at her. I looked at what she was doing. And lo and behold, we actually got to do a fitness like weekend together through Strong Fitness Magazine. And she gifted me a ticket to her Bliss Project, which was this in-person, all women's like basically personal development weekend. I had no idea what I was going into. And I had gone to a couple of those. The first one I went to alone. And my experience there is kind of what unlocked everything. And it was one of those aha moments, but it was also one of those, oh, fuck moments where I was like, now I know better. I'm going to have to do better. And I'm, I'm, that is really where everything started to shift and change for me. And I started to kind of explore like the whole journaling practice and what does meditation look like and who am I and what do I want and why can't I answer simple questions like what are my dreams and goals? And it was sitting in the back of the room having this workbook that I couldn't fill out that looked like simple questions that really had me thinking like, are you in your 30s going to be okay not answering these questions in your 40s and your 50s? Like you better start to make some moves on being able to answer this kind of stuff. Uh, or you can go back and pretend like everything's fine and great and and just sit in that. So I had those two choices and I I picked the other one because I I love the path of most resistance. That is like my MO, which is not always the best, but I'm like, oh, which is the hardest way to get there? I want to try that. Because I'm I'm not afraid to try things on. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to look stupid. I went to that event totally by myself and I left feeling like a little bit lost. And so I reached back out. I'm like, lean into that. And I was like, how can I be here next year? I want to be a volunteer. I want to get in the community. I want to help facilitate the these kind of things for other people. So I didn't wait till I had it all figured out. I invited myself in and I made myself useful by being a volunteer. And that them allowing me into that space is what changed everything. And that next year, I was able to start answering some of those questions. And I was able to start really listening to what do I want? Who am I? You know, like, like it, it sounds like such a simple question, but generally that's the thing that holds us back is we don't really know what we want so that we get confused on making decisions. And if you've ever had a bit of clarity on something, something you automatically get confidence with that clarity. Like the confidence just comes as a byproduct of getting clear on something. If you've ever broken up with somebody, if you've ever like, you know, said no, you're clear on why you're leaving or why you said no. And it gives you the confidence to do the hard shit. But usually we wait to feel confident before we get clear. And it doesn't work that way. And so long story short to your answer, that's kind of how everything started to shift and change. And I'd love to believe that I manifested Chris starting Fast Foundations for me because (laughs) he had started an elite level mastermind, much like the ones Lori had been investing in at really high price points for people who were making close to half a million in their business. And again, I said, must be nice one day. Mm. And then one day he gets on his little phone and he's like, Hey, you accidental entrepreneurs. I created something just for you. It's called fast foundations, teaching early stage entrepreneurs how to run an online business. And I'm like, Oh, 
maybe I should have an online business. And so that's how this all unveiled and we can get into that more, but it, it was the invitation into something new that felt exciting yet scary AF um, mm. that started all of this. Oh, I am legit flooded with shivers. Soul's truth right here, my friends, my friends. Wow. So evolve or die, really, right? So I'm when- getting that tattooed. Wait a second. I have to write that down. <laughs> it's yes. legit. It's legit. So you're in the rooms. You're like coming up with the resistance, like kind of the confrontation. Like, yes, these are simple questions, but how easy are they for us to reflect on if we're really being honest with ourselves, right? Especially when we are, as a society, told how to do things, how not to do things, who to be, who not to be, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. Um, and to really kind of dive deep into honoring and owning your truth and leaning into, hey, perhaps this is something that I can pivot into. So I can relate to everything you shared there. I know for me, when I first got into Fast Foundations, uh, COVID hit. And so my work was all in person. Like I was obsessed with in-person workshops and obsessed with in-person retreats, specifically in Costa Rica. And one-on-one was my jam. I resisted the online space and I knew I had to pivot and I knew that I had to do the things that I was resisting for me to continue to grow and expand and evolve and to share my message. And so coming into that space and receiving your support and really showing up in the online space was huge. So was it easy? No. But if it were, then why? what's the point, you know? Yeah. And then everybody would do it. And, you know, when you, I think when you grow through that resistance, it challenges you to, do you really want this? And I think if everything came easy to everybody, it would be, they would be fleeting moments of things we did or that we sat in <clears throat> when there is resistance around it. A lot of times when you have to work for something, it just has so much more meaning to you. I don't know why I can't explain the thought process behind that, but we all know what that feels like. If you're listening, you know, if you mm-hmm. had to work really hard for something, it means 10 times more to you than if it was just given to you. Um, it's a, it's a backwards way of way our brains work, but it just is what it is. And <clears throat> Evolve or die is now going to be my new tagline because it's before people would say, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to have to grow every day. Some days I just want to like be planted and rooted and like spread out a little bit. I don't necessarily want to grow like quote unquote grow. Like sometimes if we get stuck in that growth, we can't appreciate where we're at. But if you're always evolving, meaning like you can evolve through situations with moments, with your thoughts, like and see things as an evolution versus like a journey or a destination, mm-hmm. then you won't get so caught up on how it's happening. You you allow more peace and ease and freedom of like the of evolution versus like, I got to grow. Like that to me looks like more masculine. Like I got, I want to go there and I'm doing whatever I can to get there. If I'm just evolving through the process, that just sounds and feels a little bit more beautiful. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. More deeply rooted. You're like, where your feet are, but you're also into that space of expansion and evolution. So, so in terms of growth, evolution, expansion, all the things, why are you so passionate about podcasting? What was the catalyst for you to get into the space of podcasting? And what is the catalyst for you to create this online course to support people in sharing their voice, their message and their gifts through podcasting? Mm. I don't think I've ever answered that question this way, but the first thing that came up in my mind is pain. Mm. <laughs> the pain of the situation I was in was enough for me f- to finally get over my fear to start the podcast. Mm. 
And then the second piece of that is the pain I watch so many people go through when they're trying to start a business, an online business in particular, and they haven't grown an audience or a community or a, a, a community-based audience yet. They struggle and there's so much pain. And I have this message and I have this thing that I know can help people, but I haven't done the due diligence of the work yet to create that know, like, and trust with people for them to know me for this thing or for them to trust me on a level that they would buy anything from me at this point, or they would work with me no matter what I was doing, or they would take my advice on something that could help them. And the pain of being closed during COVID, I had just opened my salon six months prior. That was like a 15 year goal of mine. And here I am shut down in this beautiful space. And I'm like, well, if you've ever wanted to be gifted time, here it is, because that's always been my excuse, time and money. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. And I knew podcasting wasn't just like a post on social. If you're going to podcast, you need to be showing up consistently and whatever that looks like for you, right? Just like workouts, maybe commit to three days a week. Maybe you commit to five, maybe you commit to one, whatever it is. Podcasting is more of a long game because you want to build relationships. And again, I didn't grow up in a time where I, I got to have this much runway with somebody. So to think that someone's going to listen to or like or be around me on my show for X amount of time, I was like, well, who am I? Why, who would listen to my podcast? And I think all beginners feel like that. And we confuse the word beginner for like imposter. Who am I to do something? Who am I to say this? Like, I'm no expert. So I was like, well, then don't be the expert, be the facilitator of knowledge, like bring people on to share what they know and start there. And so a, the pain of being closed and being told we couldn't work was enough for me to get out of my own way. And then the ability to release that I had to be anybody's like expert that I could literally just be the facilitator of knowledge or conversations or perspective allowed for me to step into a brand new space where I didn't want to have the pressure of doing it wrong. But I was okay having the pressure of the commitment to do the show. And so transitioning two years later into now wanting to help other people start a podcast, it's it's really the same thing. Everyone needs to start the podcast for their own reason. And the cool thing is that podcasting is for anybody. It doesn't just have to be, quote unquote, part of your business. But it can be the beginning of a new business if you want to just grow this yummy audience who knows you for this thing and build community around a topic or a subject or a thought. Um, or it can be an awareness piece to your business, like top of funnel, as we say, so that you're just creating free value and content that people can just learn to love you and trust you that you'll be around every week for them to tune into. And then they're more curious about what offerings you might have. But also it could be just a really fucking cool hobby that you and your girlfriend sit down and shoot the shit because you're always like having these awesome conversations where you're like, man, I wish we would have recorded this. We should start a podcast. Um, or maybe you love sharing true crime or talking about books that you love or I don't know, maybe you're in corporate, but you really want to talk about some woo-woo shit on the side. Like you can literally use the platform for whatever you want. And I love things that make me feel expansive. Like I could do or be anything in them. And like I talked about with that box earlier, podcasting does not feel like I'm in a box. It feels like I'm in this place where I could evolve, like we've been saying, and it's been so beautiful. So I'm just now passionate about that. And I would have never discovered that hadn't I taken my own leap of faith and said, F it, let's go. Um, we'll figure this out as we go. I love it. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah, it's funny. I was sharing with you before we recorded, but um, I was doing a podcast with a partner. And I realized after a breakthrough uh, day that I experienced when I was doing my master practitioner that I was hiding not only in my business, but I was hiding in all areas of my life. And I was like, okay, like, 
why are you so committed to going all in on this, but you aren't keeping the promise of going all in on Megan Weir? And so through that break, break day, I was breakthrough day, I was like, took a step back and I was like, no, it's time to stop hiding. It's time to go all in on Megan Weir. So that was kind of the catalyst for me to start my own podcast, which let me tell you, there was so much resistance around. And, but as you shared, like there comes a point in time where it becomes so painful and uncomfortable in keeping so tight like a bud, as opposed to like blooming and shining and sharing your voice, your message, your gifts, your light. And as a result from like hitting record on my first solo podcast, I was like, this is freaking rad. Like this is like a audio journal to myself, speaking to myself, through myself, with myself to share this magic and medicine with my community. And it's it's incredible and it's so life-giving. So, so stoked to be in the space of solo podcasting. Well, if that's not, if that's not my, I should use all of that as a commercial for why people should start a podcast. You can just hear the passion in your voice. And I think a lot of people you touch on something so important are afraid to, um, take up space and podcasting feels like it's taking up space. Like who am I to sit in someone's ear for 20, 30 minutes or an hour? But you know, most people are in some state of flow when they're listening to a podcast, meaning they're doing laundry or they're driving or they're out for a walk or, you know, in the garden or something. And you know, to be able to just have that one-on-one time with the, with the, you know, whoever's leading the podcast or if there's a special guest on and just you, the listener, like you don't often get one-to-one with somebody, like even people in your life, do you get 20, 30 minutes uninterrupted with them? And so it's such a special place to get to connect and to really open up. And I think a lot of people find themselves in other people's stories. That's why we love storytelling. And no matter how you tell a story, I should say, no matter what story you tell, even if it's similar to mine, you're going to tell it different. And someone's going to need to hear it from your voice in your tone with your context to it. And so that's why there's so many coffee shops because people just like the vibe of coffee and they, and they might lean towards one because it has a different vibe than the other. So same with podcasting. It's not too inundated. There's not too many. Like That's like saying there's too many TV channels. Now look at what we have, like 20,000 things you can, you know, download stuff. I mean, it's just, there's enough room and enough space and enough people who need to hear from you and your version of how, how life is. Um, and I think sometimes when even, and I, when people like Megan use words like gifts to share, I think sometimes that almost feels like, again, you're questioning your gifts. You're questioning what message you have, but there are things that you think about all the time and that mean something to you. And that's what I think I interpret her word of gift meaning. Like you have things that light you up that are just innately who you are and what you talk about. And you sometimes take them for granted as if everyone already knows that or knows that way that you think. And they don't. Um, We're both here to tell you they don't. And so if you're listening, thinking, well, someone's already talking about that or someone's already doing that. Yeah, they probably are. And use that as proof that people want to hear more of that stuff and lean into how can I give my version of it? And mm-hmm. really, if you're going to start something or if you're going to put anything out there, tone out the noise, find people that inspire you, but stop looking at other people's shit. Focus on you and wanting to create your own stuff and stop trying to do it like anybody else. Because I promise you, you're never going to nail it like they did. And if you just lean into how you naturally speak and how you naturally share 
or what you naturally have to say and know that that will evolve, but that you can learn as through, through the process of just being yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Something I always reflect on, if it's possible for them, it's possible for me. It's just a matter of how, right? And as opposed to putting people on this pedestal, it's like, oh, it's easy for them or it might be nice for them as you shared or, you know, all the things that we can come up with, all the excuses as to why we can't. It's like, no, let's reframe that. Like, if it's possible, then let me see how I can do that. How can I execute that? How can I take action in bringing this to fruition? So. One thing that I see you, Jess, amongst many things, is that you're very consistent. I see that you're very consistent in how you show up online. You're very consistent in how you show up for your workouts. You're very consistent in how you show up in your podcasting and all the other things behind the scenes that I don't see, that we don't see. So I know you have your non-negotiables. What are they and how have they supported you in building the success that you have today? My non-negotiables have kept me out of having to take medication for anxiety and depression. My non-negotiables have supported me through huge life transitions, through becoming a mom, through becoming, you know, divorced and separated and all those things. I lean on these non-negotiable habits that I've created as like a lifeline for myself. And if I were to look outward for other people to do this work for me, it it wouldn't happen. And I wouldn't be where I'm at. Um, Consistency is a muscle, just like anything else. It is something that you can work on. You can get stronger at it. Um, And if you fall off for a little bit, it's easy to fall off, just like on our diets or our workouts or whatever. And so, you know, the non-negotiables I have in place are really simple morning routines and rituals and evening ones too um, around the space I give myself to be myself and to explore like what's coming up, how am I feeling? So I wake up pretty much every morning at the same time, whether I have to or not, it's between four 30 and five, I will sleep in on the weekend day, usually one. Um, and it feels like such a gift when I don't set the alarm. I literally get excited before bed that I get to like, you know, have that day. And often I do still wake up early. So it's waking up about the same time every morning. Um, I have the ritual of drinking my water with lemon and then I sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee. And generally I try to whatever feels better, whether I read first or and then journal or I journal first and then read. So obviously whatever's going on uh, may cause me to want to journal right away. Um, some mornings it's a free write and I'll write a whole podcast episode, which I don't normally script my podcast episodes, but sometimes that some comes out. And I've been putting myself more in the, I, I am an author, but I want to be a, like an even better author. So carving out that writing time um, has been huge for me. And I resisted it for so long, even though I grew up loving to write. A lot of people resist the writing process because they don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And when you take off the permission of having to have anything be a certain way, and just let it be. Create the time for whatever to come through to come through. And I was always so prideful of being busy and, and you know, making sure every minute of my day was accounted for. And I was being massively productive. And in the beauty industry, I would double book, sometimes triple book. And I got an assistant in order to be able to bang out three people every other hour. And, you know, just that's just how I rolled. Um, and so to quiet my mind and to create this time and space in the morning, there there's always resistance around, oh, I should be at the gym. I should be working out longer. I should, I should, I should, I should. And so it's been a huge practice of mine to, this was like, I had to evolve or die when it came to this morning ritual. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to our tagline. So just that, that time in the morning. And then I do move my body and I do it intuitively. I don't force myself to do anything. That's why I've never really had a workout partner. Um, 
I don't like to have to work out a certain way at on a certain day. I really try to listen to my body. <clears throat> do I feel strong and powerful this morning? Cool. We're going to go strength train and do mad, mad amount of cardio. Do I feel like I need to quiet my mind and, and just stretch my body? Cool. Where, where's the closest yoga class? Um, I do try to structure it a little bit just by creating the time for it, but not necessarily what I'm going to do. And those three things, the journaling, um, the time that I wake up, the ritual with the coffee, and then the workout seem to start the day to where my cup's full. And I've realized if my cup is not full, I am no service to anybody. And being in a service-based industry for 20 plus years, you that's the the energy is so different that mm-hmm. comes out of me. And then my clients feed off of my energy. I am the leader in that group. So I know that how I show up and the energy I bring into the salon is imperative. <clears throat> I have to leave shit at the door if if I want to like make it a cohesive space for everybody. Um, and then the evening routine was something I ignored for a long time. And one of our friends, Joanna Vargas, she was in Fast Foundations too. She and I really shared how we had nailed our morning, but we hadn't ever really considered the evening. And so once I once I realized I had to shut down by about nine, um, it helped everything. And let me tell you, that's not widely acceptable if you have a family who likes to stay up. And creating those boundaries around my sleep and my alone time and my quiet time, like no TV, like I have a whole ritual washing my face. Like it's, I take my vitamins, like it's a thing. And so it prepares my mind and my body for the next thing, which is rest. And then that rest prepares me for my morning ritual so that I'm so prepared the evening and the sleep and the morning that whatever happens during the day, I can handle it Mm -hmm. with grace and ease and flow and Instead of this, holy shit, why is this happening to me? Like I've already checked some boxes throughout the day. So like no matter what happens, I'm going to be good. Mm-hmm. So that's where those non-negotiable habits like stand for me. And then we can get into the day-to-day stuff because when you have clients in your life or you deal with people, you have to have boundaries. And so boundaries for me, uh, I coach to with my clients are are these decisions that you make in, a, in, in an emotionally sound place. So you want to not implement boundaries when you're pissed off and you're like, fuck, this This is my new boundary. No one can call me after 10. You know, it's you, you, what's going to support me in doing the things I already said I wanted to do that morning, that evening, the the sleep, whatever. And you creating the boundaries, the boundaries are for you. They're not for other people. Mm -hmm. So don't think they're going to be very welcomed and received. If they are cool, if they're not, that's not your problem. You have to establish the things that you need. And then once you are rooted in that, people will adjust to that or they won't. And the adjustment might look like they move on somewhere else or they figure it out and they, they're they sticking around. And that's with clients and that's with relationships and really anything. So that's the foundation of like how I'm able to do all the things so consistently because they're non-negotiables now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much goodness in that. So good. And it sounds like it's a beautiful blend of masculine and feminine energy. And so when you were like doing the triple bookings with the assistant in this in the salon, would you say that you were more like in the masculine? And how, if so, like how were you able to step more into that feminine energy and to marry the two? I don't know that I've truly ever fully tapped into my feminine energy. I'm very aware that I I run on a very masculine level. I don't even know what that is. Um, I think once I realized my mom and I had a conversation once around her raising me and thinking she had to be my mom and my dad. So I grew up having a mom who was a head down, get shit done type of person. We don't, there's not time to sit around and cry and mope about stuff, like fix it, figure it out. 
she was the mom who like, if you came to her with a problem, an issue, a challenge or whatever, she would quickly flip it on you of like, well, what did, role did you play in it? And when you're young, you're, you're not in an awareness of like how maybe something happened. You want empathy and you want, you can be called out, but like you can do that in a loving way, which is what a lot of us coaches now do, right? <laughs> we're here to hold space, but we're also here to like flip the mirror around and like, how did you end up here? Um, and you're too young sometimes to realize that things are happening for you. And so once I realized that I was raised by a woman who tried to play both roles of like a father and a, it made so much more sense and therefore gave me the compassion and the empathy towards her, but then also for myself of like, oh, that's why I act like this because it's what I've known. It's how I see. And it's why relationships have been challenging. I want this big, strong man, but then I want to be the man. So well, it usually can't be like three people in a group. I can't be the man, the woman, and he be the man. So <laughs> I've noticed that in relationships with bosses and with, you know, peers at, at the salon and whatnot. Um, but I think the work ethic as far as like grinding out multiple people at a time was I wanted to optimize as much of myself as I possibly could. I wanted to, at the end of the day, know that I did everything I could to make the most amount of money, see the most amount of clients, make the most amount of people happy. Um, and I, I realized that like we can create capacity for whatever we want. Mm -hmm. And I ran at that level for 10 years and I never felt burnt out. Burnout was never a term I used. Overwhelm was never a term I used. Um, I didn't even know what those two words meant until, you know, just a few years ago. And I could never figure out why I could outwork everyone around me. I just thought it was like, oh, well, you don't, you don't have the, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. And so when I stepped into this coaching space, I was like, how do I coach or teach to this thing that's innately in me to just do? Um, cause we're all conditioned as we grow up to like be a certain way or act a certain way or a certain level of whatever is just standard. And so, you know, when you get into the real world and you discover not everybody was raised like you, not everybody like has it or puts these pressures on themselves it allowed for me to pull back is like, is this really the energy I want to always be operating in? And when I came up to breathe, I was like, oh, all you're doing is eat, sleep and breathing work. Where is the time for you? Where is that morning routine time? Where is that evening time for Jess? What does Jess want? You're just doing the things on autopilot. You're not even like thinking about how they're affecting you or everybody around you. And when I finally pulled my head up, I'd already gotten divorced. I'd already had a baby with somebody who I probably shouldn't have. I mean, I would never take that back, obviously. But, you know, it was until he was about two that I was like, who the fuck am I? And what am I doing all of this for? Mm. You know, it's when you start to discover, like, you, why? Why? Why is this important to me? What do I want? And it was in through all of that that I... I realized, okay, you can roll back and forth from the masculine and feminine. And you can do and have both energies. You don't have to just pick one. Mm -hmm. um, but I started to listen to that masculine side and embrace it for what it was. And the feminine side, I, I was like, I just got real curious about how I could be more feminine. Mm -hmm. And it was when I opened that part of me up that I was able to find a partner who wanted to be the man and who wanted to step in and be supportive. And so I'm still growing through that phase of like, like what does it look like to, to accept um, and to receive versus always being the one giving and structuring and coaching to and teaching. Um, yeah. So I, I I'm getting there, but, but yeah, I definitely think that's where that work ethic came from was just that grind of like, this is what we do. We get stuff done. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you for, you know, being in this 
relationship and being able to pivot into more of the receiving mode is probably as uncomfortable as that is because we, you know, we, we are who we are for a reason. We get into the space of kind of being in that energy of doing and pushing and creating and all the things for a reason. And it served us up until a certain point. And so good for you for leaning into more of the receiving and the being. So we could go on and on and on and on all day. Um, Yeah. Um, so for those that are very curious about starting their own podcast, like, can you share like when your program starts, how they can join and, and then go from there? Yeah, this, this launch with this program, I am keeping it so simple. All you have to do is send me a DM or a text, uh, just text the word podcast to 619-332-3045. Um, and, and just tell me you're interested in starting a podcast and I will either hop on a call with you or we can have a quick voice message around, uh, what you want to do. It's the simplest, most digestible, supportive accountability course you're going to find for podcasting. I know there's a lot of great people who have podcasts that have courses out there that you can just do on your own, but I wanted to create something where you could start with somebody and a group of people and go from idea to launch in four weeks, but then have that community base along with my support with a couple calls throughout the four weeks and then have a place to hang out afterwards. So we're in community in my app where you can grow with other new podcasters, whether you collaborate or do whatever. So that's like the differentiator. Uh, so yeah, just send me a text or shoot me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Bergio and just let me know you're interested. We're going to launch it in the beginning of February. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go and just help people amplify their voice, whether it's through a fun outlet of just like a hobby or whether it's like growing a really strong community that knows you, likes you and trusts you. Mm, love it. I love it. And I see how important it is for, especially if you are new in the online space of building community, you don't have a huge network, like what a great opportunity to get to know, like, and trust other people who could perhaps be co-podcasters with, or you could come on as guest speakers. So what what an awesome offering you have. So I will- I want to add one more thing because I just had this conversation this morning and I, it took somebody else saying it for me to admit it. She said, we were talking about podcasting and she said, I selfish, she has a podcast. I was on her show this morning. She said, I selfishly have a podcast for myself. So I get to talk to epic, amazing humans. And then my audience gets to listen and I get to ask all the questions that they normally wouldn't get a chance to ever ask that person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm so glad you said that. Cause I selfishly have the podcast for myself for that same reason. And to think about getting 30 or 40 minutes, just me and you getting to chat like that alone, there are so many people that I would want to get into their bubble or their world and podcasting is that avenue for you. So if you are interested in learning from other people, like are getting introduced to the next cool person you need to know, like this is your like free hall pass or invitation to invite your freaking self to the table and put yourself out there. So yeah, I'm sure you you could probably agree with that just a teeny tiny bit. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I am like so fired up for connecting with you and all the future guests. And yeah, I get to learn from one another and to be together. And yeah, it's just it's like this is like the biggest expansion, right? So evolve or die. Here for it. Woo! Here for it. Cool. Well, I will add all of the links and how to connect with you in the show notes. Jess, you are such a light and such a gift in my life and to everyone that knows you. Thank you so much for coming on today and dropping in. Before we leave, if you could share 
One thing for those individuals who feel like throwing in the towel for quitting, what is a message of hope that you can give to them? Well, I first ask yourself why you're feeling like you want to throw in the towel or quit. If the dream or the goal or the idea was on your heart to begin with, get really clear about was that your dream? Was that your goal? Was that your vision for yourself? Or did you did you jump into the idea of something because you thought you were supposed to do it? And if there's a differentiator between throwing in the towel or admitting that this isn't actually your dream or goal, start with that and then work your way back from there. Because if it is really your goal or your dream, throwing in the towel is a non-negotiable. We're not doing that. We are we are releasing the how and we are embracing the 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 why and leaning into that and let that why be the thing that keeps you from throwing in the towel. And there can be days where you don't make any movement in your business or life or whatever that looks like and allow for that space to, to be and know that the evolution will happen um, on its own time and stop comparing your now to someone else's there or then. Um, because again, that's not for you to, to compare. It's just going to steal every bit of joy, every bit of success you ever have. Um, but again, go back to, is this the thing you really are meant to be doing? Because sometimes we adopt goals or dreams based off of what we think we're supposed to be doing. So check back in with yourself. Mm. Again, full body shivers. Thank you so much. That is profound advice. So thank you, Jess. Love you. Love you. Love you. And, uh, can't wait to see what you create next with all of your magic and medicine. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for dropping in with me today. If you loved this episode, I would be forever grateful if you rated and reviewed. And if you feel called to share it with your community on social media, please tag me so I can thank you personally. Until next time, I will see you on Dropped In.